What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast. How did I run out of breath in the first sentence? Oh, my God. Where every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week, it is episode 211. And I'm putting my business hat on and I'm doing something that's good for business because Wave Race 64 was added to the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack last week so I thought to myself a podcast like mine should review Wave Race 64 while it's topical and then I thought a podcast like mine I'm a podcast like mine so we're gonna talk Wave Race 64 this week and admittedly I've wanted to cover this game for quite a while now we've been talking about doing this episode for uh, probably about a hundred episodes we've been kicking this one around and I just figured unless we get a new wave race game someday this is probably about as topical as wave race 64 will ever be again for the history of humanity if we don't get a new one this might be as topical as wave race ever is so uh you know what I hope we do get a new one someday because wave race fucking slaps I just don't know if we're actually gonna get it or not because Nintendo uh, they've kind of been known to leave franchises by the wayside f-zero punch out Dark Fox, etc. I've been playing Wave Race 64 for the past few days on my Switch uh, as a refresher to get ready for this episode. And uh, listen, nobody's going to mistake Wave Race 64 for a PS5 game or anything, but it is still really fun today. It holds up. The water looks and feels great. 25 plus years since that game came out. And that's always been my lasting memory of Wave Race 64 is the water, kids. The water. It looks so good. Uh, my younger brother, Josh, makes his triumphant return to the podcast this week. You may remember him from the Snake, Rattle, and Roll episode we did a few months ago. And much like Snake, Rattle, and Roll, uh, we grew up playing Wave Race 64 together. And I will very, very reluctantly admit he was better at it than I was. So I figured he was the perfect guest for a perfect game on an imperfect podcast. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute. Because speaking of imperfection, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long but they're fun they're like jet skiing i i i assume that jet skiing is fun i've never actually gone jet skiing in my life i want i live in edmonton we don't that's water is not exactly we don't live on a fucking ocean in edmonton so whatever anyway uh if you do want to skip the intro go about 30 minutes up the road on your little podcast app there and you'll get white right into the rave race 64 discussion but i recommend hanging around because our intro is pretty fun i do have to get my plugs out of the way this is how i pay the bills we have merchandise we have hoodies we have t-shirts coffee mugs posters tank tops all kind of stuff with incredible art drawn by my man joe at 4545creative.com you can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested it is a great way to support us here at the show and if you're like i don't do close not for me then you can always just consider supporting us on patreon because our patreon subscription started just two bucks a month not a week two bucks for month and in exchange for that two bucks you're gonna get two additional podcasts every week every single friday you're gonna get access to game patch which is my gaming news show where i look at all the modern news or all the biggest news in modern video games and i add in my profanities and sprinkle a little profanity and stuff on there it's pretty good stuff and then every thursday you get expansion pass which is a different podcast every week we do video game rankings we look back at video specific characters consoles we do some comedy centric episodes there's modern game reviews this past week on expansion pass i decided to take a look back at all the retro games that i've played 
for the first time due to remember the game over the past four years. And there was over 50, there was like 54, I think, retro games that I have played in the last four years since I launched this podcast. Uh, so I decided to rank them all. And then I pulled out my favorites and dropped them into a tidy little list and explained why I ranked them as such. And as this is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, my top 10 retro games that I've played since launching Remember the Game. This, this podcast has me, this particular episode of, of Expansion Pass has me super excited to see what else is out there that I haven't played yet. Because easily one of the coolest things about this job is discovering retro games that I missed out on. And like, there are some fucking gems. All 10 of these games are fucking awesome. I love all 10 of these games. They were all like, yeah, I'm so glad that I discovered them. And we're going to get this. Let's go. I've been rambling long enough. Let's start my number 10, number 10 on my list. Of the 10 best games I've discovered since launching Remember the Game. It's Toe Jam and Earl for the Sega Genesis, which we covered on Remember the Game number 146. So that's now available on our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 125, it is the final Expansion Pass of the month. So our Patreons got to pick the topic and the games you thought you'd love but ended up hating came away on top of the poll. So that should be a lot of fun. That episode will go live tomorrow, episode 125. So again, two bucks gets you two additional podcasts every week, plus instant access to over 200 archived bonus podcasts plus you can join our discord which is at i don't know four or five hundred members now it's pretty rad you get a chance to vote in our patreon poll at the end of every month you get the ability to submit comments to be read here on the podcast you can dm with me and i'll write you back and we'll be friends and you get a shout out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to most of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons gamer 2007 man o war matthew davu 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 brandon borer Daniel, Trojan Plastic, Jacob Hines, Skilleroni, Angelo Leonardo, Alec Ross. It's funny. I don't think you are the Alex Ross that I know. Alec Ross. I know an Alex Ross in comedy. I fucking hate that guy. But I don't think that's you. So Alec Ross, Mickey Amichai, Amichi Amiachi. Sorry, Mickey. Mike Balmer, Kyle Hansen, Tim Jordan, Chris Lovin, Lugnut, XX Saw Is Law, Ethan Chadwell, Shane Wallace, Greatest Motherfucker, Anthony Lamantia, and Daniel Pollock. I bet you I didn't fuck up too many names this week. That was a pretty good one. Thank you all so much, and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can check that all out at patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested. And to wrap up the sales pitch, 5% of our Patreon every month is being added to a pool that we're going to donate to my Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year for the Stollery Children's Hospital here at Edmonton. We're over $1,500 raised, so you get a ton of podcasts, I get to keep my lights on, and we're going to help out some sick kids all at once. Fucking greatest value in the history of the internet. And finally, my last plug, you can check me out on Twitch if you're interested twitch.tv slash member the game i get on there whenever i have opportunity and you can come and tell me why i'm wrong and make fun of my nose and whatever else you want to do that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges it is our opening segment here on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right he blows big time that's it honey get into the spirit 
Let's blow our first blower this week is John M. Watkins, who wrote in and said, Yo, partially blind man. That is me. Have you checked out Cult of the Lamb yet? It's probably a top five game of the year for me. A great mix of Binding of Isaac and Stardew Valley. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Uh, as of now, I have not checked out Cult of the Lamb, but it is on my... Um, I don't know if I want to say it's on my someday list. It's on my watch list. It's caught my attention. It's getting great reviews. I think the graphical style of it looks fucking sick. The one thing, and this isn't a turn off for me. It just makes me hesitant to sink my teeth into Cult of the Lamb is the Stardew Valley comparisons. Because I'm hearing a lot of that. And I have never played Stardew Valley. Before you send me your angry emails and messages being like, what the fuck, play Stardew Valley. I swore those types of games off because I like them too much and they take over my life and I just can't handle it. Like, I don't play Minecraft much anymore. I don't play Animal Crossing anymore. I swore those games off because I get so addicted. Now, Cult of the Lamb doesn't look as time sinky as a game like Stardew Valley. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I don't know. We'll... I guess, I guess to, I could have given you an answer one minute ago and just said, I don't know, but it is on my list. I have not checked it out yet, but I am intrigued by, it. I'll probably end up playing it at some point. Plus it's an indie game and I fucking love me some indie games. Uh, thanks for writing in John, Michael Praj, 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 sorry, Michael, if I'm saying your name wrong, uh, Michael Praj, Praj's, Mikhail Praj's. M MP. That's I'm MP because I don't know how to say either of your names. I remember in one of your earlier episodes, probably just before the 100 mark, you talked down about the Borderlands series. I know they're not for everyone, but what's your dislike for them? Uh, I just want to like, I don't necessarily have a beef with Borderlands. I, I love the art style and I think... Uh, What's the robot's name? Claptrap? I think that robot's fucking hilarious. I just, I'm not a big looter guy. I'm not, they just not, by and large, not my favorite genre. And that's, and I didn't have any friends to play it with. And that's really all it came down to was I, I did try one. I think, I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. I did try one of them. And uh, like I said, love the art style, love the sound, thought the characters were cool, but I, looters just not, not my favorite genre. So I just. That's really all it comes down to. But I have no, no, nothing definitively against Borderlands. Just, just not, eh, not for me. Just not for me. Uh, thanks for writing in, MP. Nomad said, salutations, blank. My 12-year-old daughter, Cameron, who made me say salutations since she knows you hate it, by the way, wanted to ask a question, wanted to ask you a question this week. She asks, as a popular podcaster, do you get a lot of hate from people? What do you do when someone says something mean about you or your podcast? Uh, hello, Cameron. Uh, I don't get a lot of hate. I've been fortunate. I like, as the show has grown, we have started to, I've started to deal with, um, I don't want to say hate. It's pretty rare that I get hate or like really negative comments. I get the odd one, you know, someone calls me an idiot or whatever, which is, I get that every day. I'm used to that shit. What I have found that I get more of is, uh, people analyze the show. It's funny because like I'm a Simpsons fan, especially the glory days. And when there's like a continuity error, like I'm one of the Simpsons fans that calls it out and that the writers probably hate stuff like that. But now I'm getting that. And if you're one of those people that has called me, I'm not mad at you. I, I'm grateful for the passion. I can't believe anybody takes what I say that seriously. But if anything, that's what I get is it's not hate. Uh, I just get people that uh, they'll be like, well, on this episode, you said you hated this controller, but on this episode, you said you didn't hate it. So what is it? And it's like, I don't know. I'm a moody bitch when my mood changes. Sorry. I've, well, I mean, if Cameron's listening to this show at 12 years old, then 
she's used to swears by now. Um, I'm a moody bitch, so my mood changes sometimes. That's probably the big thing. And I get called out from the way I pronounce words and stuff. Uh, in the odd chance that I do get someone that says something mean about my podcast, usually I just mock them in front of the world. I'll usually, like, if it's a tweet, I'll retweet it. Or if it's a message, I'll post it. And I'll usually just share it on all my social media and laugh at them. Uh, I don't really care. And that's good advice for all of you out there. Whether you're 12 years old or fucking 80 years old, who gives a fuck what other people think? Just be you and be yourself. And as long as you're not hurting anybody, if someone hates you so much that they're taking the time to message you on social media to tell you they hate you, <laughs> just fucking laugh at them. What a fucking loser. Don't even worry about it. I don't give a, I really don't care. I re- like, I assume that the day is going to come where the internet's going to turn on me and hate me. And when that day comes, I'll probably just retweet a few of the messages that make fun of me and then delete all my accounts and go back to driving my forklift. Uh, thanks for writing in Cameron via nomad. Johnny CCDC says, Hey Adam, I just finished playing Yoshi's Island all the way through for my first time. And I ended up really loving it. How does it rank around your super Mario world original? And would you ever get excited about seeing a direct sequel to this specific game? Um, I, I like, I mean, we covered Yoshi's Island back around fuck what episode 30 or 40. Uh, I actually really like Yoshi's Island. The, the cry, my only beef with that game is the, the screaming crying effect of Mario gets, Anyone that's played it, you know what I'm talking about. That gets a little bit old. Um, I Oh, and my other beef with it is that they called it Super Mario World 2, despite the fact that it clearly is not fucking Super Mario World 2. And they just did that to sell more copies. So I guess those are minor beefs with it. But overall, I think it's a really good game. Like if I was going to score it out of 10, I don't remember what I gave it on the episode, but it'd probably be in that like 8, 8.5 out of 10 range. It's a good game. And if they made a direct sequel to that game, if it played the same, hell yeah, I'd be excited about it. Because Yoshi games have just become so obnoxiously easy. And I understand that they're aimed toward a younger audience and that's who they're shooting for. I still don't understand why they can't put a hard mode or something in. So I don't think we'll ever get a direct sequel to Yoshi's Island because that's a tough fucking game. If, if you, and like, make fun of me if you want. Try to 100% that game. And you fucking tell me that's... It is It is infinitely harder than Super Mario World is to 100% it. That game is fucking vicious. I would love to see a sequel like that with the same difficulty and everything. I don't think we'll ever get one, though. But I, I like that game. I like that game a lot. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, James Juan Francesco wrote in and said, Good day, Mr. Blank. I honestly had no intention of chiming in here as I'm too internet shy to do so, but something has got me all fired up and I'd love to hear your take on it. I've been a wrestling fan for decades now. The hot topic is all the returns and changes being made in WWE with the new regime in place. This is going to be a hot take for sure, but with all the rumors and excitement uh, surrounding the return of The Fiend, I have to know, are you excited at the possibility or are you done with that useless fucking gimmick and wrestler the second it started like I was? Thank you for your time. Uh, I respect your opinion. I have no beef with that. I think Bret Hart is overrated as fuck. So there you go. And I get yelled at by my fellow Canadians every time I say it, but I'll stand by it. Uh, no, but I, I like the fiend. I like the fiend a lot. I liked Bray Wyatt when he was like the crazy cult leader, Bray Wyatt. I liked Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. I liked the fiend. I thought it was a really creative character and I thought it had potential to be the new undertaker. Uh, but then WWE, ever since that Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins, they fucked it up and The Fiend was never the same. So I hope they bring him back. But if I was booking, I would bring him back as like cult leader, hillbilly-ish Bray Wyatt. And then I would have that guy tease The Fiend when he needs him, like a really fucked up three faces of Foley, if that makes sense. So I'm a fan. I love The Fiend. I thought it was one of the coolest characters I've seen in a long time. And I hope he does come back. But I know that's not a taste for everybody. And I understand that. 
Uh, write in more often, James. Don't be so shy. I can't. I don't bite. I can't bite through the computer. I've tried. Fleeticus of Worcestershire. I hope I said that right. Wrote in. This is such a trolling comment that I'm just reading it for the sake of saying it. Hey, it's Fleeticus of Worcestershire. I'm from Worcestershire, just like the condiment everyone knows as Worcestershire sauce. But I'm from the actual town of Worcestershire. It's pronounced Worcestershire. Fucking Fleeticus. My question. If you could live in a video game with only 10 lives... Which one would it be? I'm going to... Hmm. So I can live in any video game world, but I only have 10 lives. I don't know if I have to beat the game or live in the game forever. If I have to beat the game, then I'll go with like Yoshi's Crafted World because I know I could beat that or Kirby's Dream Land. But if I just have to live in it forever, then I'll go with Minecraft. I, I'm confident that I can live in Minecraft and not die 10 times. I'd probably die five or six from those blowing up guys. But I don't think I would die 10 times. So I'd go with Minecraft. Plus, then I'd finally be handy for the first time in my life, which would be fucking sick because I've never been able to build a goddamn thing in my life. And the fact that you can just go out and punch a tree and then turn it into a cabin, that's fucking ridiculous. Uh, thanks for the, for the question, Fleet of Kiss. And finally, before we move on from the segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Benzeal909 wrote in and said, Hello, Adam. Hi, Benzeal. I've been a gamer ever since the mid-80s. You say you're old. I'm turning 45 soon. I've been a gamer since the NES. I've owned pretty much every system ever made throughout the years. I never thought I'd stop buying the latest consoles, but I've reached that point. I'm stopping at the PS4, Xbox One, Switch era. I have a lot of consoles and handhelds and hundreds of games to play. My backlog is huge. Do you think you'll ever reach the point that you'll stop buying consoles? I never thought I would, but I'm older and have a lot less time to play games. Anyways, love your podcasts and your comedy. Keep up the good work, brother. Thank you, Benzeal. Um, you know what? So I've told this story before, but like there was a time during the PS3, Xbox 360 era where I did get out of gaming. I, I didn't have any consoles. I wasn't playing anything for a while. And it was after my bar star phase and I just kind of burnt. I've been playing games my whole life and I was like, I've had enough. And then uh, I ended up buying uh, Xbox 360 and Gears of War kind of just on a whim one day. And I've always said, that's why Gears of War will eventually get an episode of the show it's, I don't think Gears of War is Super Mario Brothers, but it's as important to me as Super Mario Brothers because that was the game that kind of brought me back to gaming. So uh, I already went through that phase once. Now, um, I, I mean, it's hard for me to say that I'll ever stop buying video games and playing now because it's become my, this is my, my job. This is literally, <laughs> video games are my job. So I'd have to like quit my, and if I ever, and the thing about it is like, if I ever, listen, like when I quit Uline, I was like, I'm never driving a forklift again. And I might not. Because I was like, I don't want to drive a forklift anymore. If I was to quit the podcast someday, I think I would still want to play video games. So I think the only way I ever give up and stop buying games and consoles is if I get to a point where maybe I get, you know, carpal tunnel or something, and my hands shut down and uh, I just can't play anymore. So, and I really hope that day never comes. If I ever get to that point, then maybe. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I would rather play a video game than watch TV or watch a movie. Like the only other thing I do regularly for fun is read. So I don't watch a ton of TV or a ton of movies. So I just, unless I hit a point where I can't physically play video games anymore, never say never, but I don't know if I could see myself just walking away from the hobby ever again. I could slow down and maybe not buy everything, but I just, I'm not, trying to fake it for this podcast or anything. And I think most of you understand and, and believe that, but like, I just love 
video games. They're my first passion in life. Like it's ahead of everything outside of my girlfriend and my dog. I, I, I video games are like my number one thing that I love. So I just can't imagine I ever give them up, but I understand where you're coming from Benzeal. And if you, if you've owned pretty well, every console from the NES through the PS4, Xbox one switch, and you've got hundreds of thousands of games to play, then yeah, you're golden. I understand that hundred percent. I'm just a sucker for those new, I fucking, I'm such a sucker. I can't, hold, I can't help myself with when it comes to new games. I get caught up in the hype. Anyways, that's going to do it for the blowing in the cartridge this week. Thank you all so much for your submissions. I appreciate it. Let's switch things up and let's get to uh, our smash hit segment. The official game show of remember the game industries, play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. And the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And I have one more letter from uh, Blowing in the Cartridge that I carried over to this segment. Chris Lovin wrote in and said, hey dude, long time listener, first time blower. I had a quick question about play one, remake one, erase one. In your mind, what does erasing one actually look like to you? Is the game erased from time, meaning it never existed, erasing not only that game, but also its memory and impact on the industry and consumers alike? Or is it Thanos snapped out of existence, meaning it's gone forever, but the memories and legacy remain? I'm just wondering because it seems like many of the hot dogs have a different interpretation of what erasing one actually means, which also means they're not answering the same question. There are plenty of games that I'd be fine with Thanos snapping out of existence, but I would never erase from time because of the incredible legacy and impacted head on gaming thanks again for all you do man you're a great example of how hard work and dedication could pay off in the long run i tip my backwards cap to you well likewise chris thank you very much uh i just want to clarify because as we get new listeners this is a question that comes up regularly i like leaving it open-ended there is no definitive answer to chris's question i like leaving it subjective in fact i like to think that when you choose to erase a game you're rolling the dice Nobody knows what's going to happen. If you erase Super Mario Brothers, does that mean there's no more Mario? Does that mean Nintendo dies? The NES didn't work? Platforming, as we know, doesn't exist? Or does it just mean that Super Mario Brothers doesn't exist? And Mario Brothers 2 and 3 and more world and blah, 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 blah. And everything else still goes on as it is. Nobody knows for sure. And that's the secret sauce of Play One, Remake One, Erase One. Whatever game you put in that erase uh, slot, you're rolling the dice. And that's how I likes it. So there is no definitive answer. I do know what it is, but I'll never tell anybody. I like to leave it open-ended. Anyway. Uh, this week, I went with three Nintendo 64 race games that don't involve Mario. As we're talking Wave Race, which doesn't involve Mario, I thought I'd go with three more. We have Ridge Racer 64, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, and Excite Bite 64. 48% of you said you'd play Excite Bike, remake Star Wars, and erase Ridge Racer. That is not what I would do. But let me see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Max Power wrote in and said, I fucking love that handle. Uh, you just you strap yourself in and you feel the G's. Max Power said, I never played any of these, mainly because other than the wrestling games, Ocarina of Tim and Mario Kart 64, the 64 is a steaming heap of donkey shit. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but... That said, I'll play by the rules. I'll play Excite Bike because I like the NES version. I'll remake Ridge Racer for no particular Ridge Racer, pardon me, for no particular reason. And I'll race Star Wars Pod Racer because Star Wars Episode One and everything related to it, not named Darth Maul, licks monkey scrotum. Good day. Oh boy, I, I 
listen, I'm not a Nintendo 64 sympathizer, but I don't know if I would call it a steeping, a steaming heap of donkey shit. There's some like Diddy Kong Racing is rad, Banjo Kazooie is rad, Perfect Dark is fun, Tetris was okay, Mario Party, Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. It's not that bad. It's not great, but it's not that bad. However, I will agree with you. Star Wars Episode One fucking stinks. So with that said, I can get on board with your logic. Fair enough. Uh, Curtis Murphy wrote in and said, do not touch my pod racer remake Ridge racer. Because as far as racing games go, this one handled pretty well. I know there are newer entries into the series now, but a remake of the old one that just cleans up the graphics would be rock solid. A race excite bike. I don't like motocross racing games out of all the various racing games that exist. Those lick the most balls. Do not touch my pod racer. It's fine. The way it is abomination controller and all. Now here's the thing is I'm gonna reveal when I tell you my order. The only one of these played that I've the only one of these three that I've played is Excite Bike, and I've only played a little bit of Excite Bike, mostly like the soccer mode. I swear it had a soccer mode. So I can't sit here and say one game sucks and one game is great or whatever. But I respect your passion, because I feel that way about Super Mario World. So I if you if Super Mario World or if you if if, if Star Wars Episode One Racer is your Super Mario World, I can respect that, Curtis Murphy. I'll I'll leave you alone. Fair enough. Uh, where were we here? I lost my train of... Oh, MP! Michael Prodges. The name that I can't fucking say. I'm so sorry, Michael, that I'm fucking up your name. Admittedly, I usually don't put people in the same episode twice. You snuck one through, Michael. Well done. Uh, said, remake Star Wars Racer. Was and still is one of the coolest racers out there. Top five, in my opinion. I spent hours and hours on every track, swearing in my little kid's swear words at how hard Sebulba, however it's fucking spelled, Oh, that's all it says. The landscape for the tracks was phenomenal too. Would like to see some HD action on this one. I'll play Excite Bike. It was fun as it was and did a real good job with the playability. Plus, there's been more made in the same game style, so it can stand it as it is. And then a Race Ridge Racer. I never played that one, so it doesn't phase me with what its future holds. And that's the thing. Like, I hate a racing one you never played, but if you're like, I like the other two, I'm not touching it. I can get on board with that. And I agree. Excite Bike 64 is a good fucking game, from what I remember. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll side with that. It's a good game. And Quiet Place Queen wrote in and said, Play Ridge Racer. This game is near and dear to my heart as it's the only game my uncle and I used to play together and it's what got me into gaming. Wow. Music is good. Cars are sweet. Graphics are decent. Controls are on point. Star Wars can be erased because I still have yet to give a fuck about that franchise. Excite Bike sounds like crap, but if they remake it, they should start with the name. Oh, you can go to your fucking... I, you know what? I might have missed that last sentence when I put your fucking comment on the show. Uh, you can go to your quiet place. Double secret probation. You do not shit on the legacy of Excite Bike. Nay, nay. Not on my fucking watch. I love the NES one. And from what I remember of the 64 one, it's pretty good. I shan't, won't, and can't let that happen. Not on my fucking watch. No queen around here. Fucking off to uh, double secret. Motherfucker. Nobody fucking says you start by giving it a better name. Excite Bike is a great fucking name. God damn it. 18% of you voted the way I did, including Brandito, who wrote in and said, Remake Excite Bike, because this is the only one I've played, so seeing this remade with current graphics would be a trip since I rarely see this type of racing game being made nowadays. Play Star Wars Racer. Honestly, if this would be remade, I feel like it'd be uh, like the VR Star Wars racing game, and that made me want to throw up after two races. So no thank you. I'll enjoy it. How it was meant to be played in the safety of my TV screen very much. Thank you very much. And then Delete Ridge Racer 64. I feel like the 64 already had wonderful racing games like Cruising USA, so it will be not be missed even if it has a temptress on the cover art. Dude, I remember fucking Cruising USA. 
We're going to do an episode about that game someday. I fucking remember that game. Uh, yeah, I'm going with the same order. I'm going to play Star Wars Episode One Racer because, as many of you know, uh, I got into Star Wars over the last couple of years. Once I got Disney Plus and I finally watched all the Star Wars movies, and I'm a Star Wars fan now. And I want, I'm not erasing any Star Wars games until I try them. So I'm not erasing it. I'll just play it. I'm going to remake Excite Bike because it's the only one of these three I've played at all. And I just want a new Excite Bike game. Have we not gotten one since Excite Bike 64? I don't, don't quote me, but I don't think we, I'd be all about that if they released a new, I don't give a fuck about Motocross, but I love Excite Bike. I'd be all about that if they made a new Excite Bike game. So I'll remake it to give us a new one. And then I'm going to race Ridge Racer 64 as well. Uh, I have no problem with this game. I just don't particularly care about it. I don't love racing games to begin with. And so of these three, I'd rather play one where I'm Star Wars and one that's Excite Bike than one where I'm driving a car. I have lots of games where I fucking drive cars. So, yeah, I agree with you, Brandito, and 18% of you that voted that way. Thanks, everyone, that played this week. As always, what have I been playing over the last seven days? And then we'll get into Wave Race. I have been playing Spider-Man Miles Morales on my PS5. It's fucking sick. It made me... I forgot how much fun Spider-Man PlayStation games are. I fucking love this game. And now I'm, like, super hot and horny for Spider-Man 2. I cannot fucking wait for that game. Miles Morales is awesome. I've been playing The Bard's Tale uh, remastered and whatever it's called, which is basically a remake of the PS2 Xbox bard's tale uh we'll be reviewing it on the show uh i don't know sometime in the next month or two i've got some shit to say i'll wait for you have to wait for the episode before you hear what i have to say about that i've been playing a little bit of curse to golf which is a 2d semi mario platforming looking mar uh, golf game but it's a roguelike where basically you get struck by lightning while you're playing it's an indie game it's awesome you get sent to hell and you have to golf your way out and uh, I haven't put a ton of time into it yet. Basically, just played through the tutorial. But I love golf games. So I'm intrigued. It seems really fun. And, uh, and then I've been playing a little bit of Wave Race 64 to get ready for this episode. Let's talk about it. That's why you're here. Let's talk Wave Race. As always, I like to give my uh, listeners a chance to sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I hog the microphone. A couple of your com comments here. Timothy Sabrinsky says, Wave Race 64 never resonated with me the way that Mario Kart 64 did, or Jet Moto, or Twisted Metal on PS1 for that matter. For me, this one falls into that category of a game that we'd rent and enjoy playing for a weekend, but we never sought out to buy. Now, I can't speak to Jet Moto because I never played it. I will agree that I wouldn't put Wave Race necessarily in the class of Mario Kart. Although in some, in some, some ways, and I'm a Mario Kart super fan. In some ways, Wave Race is better than Mario Kart 64. In some tiny ways, which we're going to get into. Uh, and then Twisted Metal. I fucking love me some Twisted Metal. But no, that's fair enough. I, the thing about Wave Race is there's very little meat on the bone, as you're about to hear. Unless you care about going for best times and stuff, it's not exactly the world's deepest, longest game. Uh, current remember the game hall of famer mark McHugh, and i don't think this is the real fucking mark McHugh. wrote in and said i played this game at the nintendo 64 kiosk at our local the kiosk at our local kmart it was the first time i'd ever seen graphics better than the snes it was one of those how can video game graphics ever get better than this moments obviously they have but at the time it was mind-blowing that's something i say in this podcast with josh is like and i still think the water looks fucking spectacular as it is but the racers and stuff <laughs> they 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 leave they leave something to be desired but i do remember a time where i thought video games would never look better than wave race 64 i get what you're saying 
former remember the game or current remember the game hall of famer mark McHugh. that's not actually mark McHugh. lord Dromonix wrote in and said oh my gosh i remember this game i thought that nobody else played it my parents bought it for me when i was five i used to play it over and over there were different courses an island in daytime where you could do multiple short laps but other courses were night settings there was also i believe there were courses in an industrial setting you could do tricks when jumping from ramps making it exciting instead of just racing this game had actually good water physics unlike any other existing game at the time i used to play with my brother and then on weekends my dad had an actual jet ski and would give us rides on it on the beach nearby now as an adult that still lives in puerto rico and near the beaches my goal is to eventually own a jet ski and take my own families out for rides see i like to think that that all started with video games people that say video games are a waste of time lord dramanix's entire adulthood 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 i was gonna say adultivity but that's not the right term his entire adulthood is based around wave race 64 so fuck you video games don't matter they matter big time i've never ridden a jet ski either and mark my fucking words before i'm in this planet before it's all said and done i'm gonna ride a goddamn jet ski if it's the last fucking thing i do also i want to taste uh kangaroo but mostly i want to ride a jet ski and green nolan Wrote and said, my brother and I used to love this game, but it may have been because we had to. The Christmas the Nintendo 64 came out, our newly divorced dad bought us the system, and it came with Wave Race and one controller. We looked all over for a second controller, but couldn't find one. So we were stuck for a week at our dad's place with one controller, a futon, and basically nothing else. It was also super snowy, so we were stuck inside. By the end of the week, we had the time trials shaved down to fractions of seconds. I remember waking up and being devastated that my brother had gotten up early and spent two hours beating my previously godly sunny beach time. And that's what I'm talking about. If you get committed to the time trials and you have someone to compete against, I could see Wave Race 64 fucking going off forever. Or if you were snowed in and had nothing else to play, <laughs> I could see it going off forever. Uh, just not a ton of meat on the bone. But the meat that is on the bone is quite, quite succulent. And we're going to get into that right now with my younger brother, Josh, who I grew up playing Wave Race 64 with. I am going to queue up some Wave Race 64 music. There it is. And when it stops, we are going to look back at Racing on Waves in the 64 era, which originally released in North America on the Nintendo 64 on November 4th, 1996. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, uh, joining me via the blank phone this week, and I, I will say, not to not to blow smoke up your ass, but somewhat due to popular demand after the Snake Rattle and Roll episode, uh, because that episode went over really well. The difference is now we're talking about a game that more than 10 people have played, uh, is my younger brother Josh. Josh, what's going on, man? How's it going? Oh, not too bad, Adam. How you doing? I'm doing okay. It's finally not 100 degrees. So I'm doing no, it's all right. Like yeah, it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll like it'll you'll sweat, but it won't. No, it still sucks. Uh, you know what? No, I don't want to say that because we both live in Edmonton, and I know that three months from now it could very well be forty below. So I'm not gonna complain. Let it be hot. I don't give a fuck. So. No, exactly. We're used to, we get winter six months a year anyway. Yeah, exactly. It comes with the territory. Anyways, uh, so we're talking Wave Race 64 today, and it's good because, like, I had asked you about doing this episode, and then Nintendo put it on the Nintendo Switch Online. So I was like, well, this is topical as fuck. Um, you and I owned this game as kids, and I, I'll tell you, man, personally speaking, I remember some of the I, – I think – 
I want to say the first three Nintendo 64 games we had were this, Mario 64, and Mario Kart 64. And this might be blasphemous <laughs> to anybody listening, but I personally like this game more than Mario 64. I love Wave Race. I think this game fucking slaps. Oh, no. I, I This is one of my more favorite racing games. Yeah. Like, it's... And like, I, especially with 64. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about... You know what's wild is... 64 games, not all of them. And I want to say this, like it's not a blanket statement. Not every Nintendo 64 game has aged badly, but a lot of them have. Like, let's just be honest. It's the same as the original PlayStation, right? It's the first gen of 3D and stuff like that. And I got to say, man, I've been replaying this for the last like two days on my Nintendo Switch to get ready for this podcast. I don't know the last time you played Wave Race 64. This game fucking holds up. When's the last time you played this game? Uh, probably about a year, year and a half ago, like on the 64. Okay, because so. you still own like our copy, right? Yeah, I still have our original copy, the whole 8 megabyte cartridge. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> now, it's funny, man, because like I remember when this game came out, this was one of those games where you, like, maybe you're different, but this is one of those games that when it came out, I was like, wow, like games will never look better than this. Like that's well, the water. You got to give them that. Like the water effect is amazing on that game. Yeah, and that's where I was gonna go. Like I'll be, I'll be yeah. honest. Like playing it now, like the the racers look like they're made out of like shapes, but the water, oh. dude. I've heard game developers say that water is one of the hardest things to get right in a video game. Um, water and fire. And what? Water and fire. Oh, fire. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I never, I believe that. Um. And I got to say, like, for a game that came out in 1996, this is over 25 years old, uh, the water still looks better than the water in some games. Like, it looks really oh, fucking good. At the same time, though, if you make a game where you're racing on water and you make the water look like crap, you kind of already failed. That's a fair point. Yeah, that's a fair... But, like, it's funny because, like, you would... Like, clearly, when they were designing and developing this game, like the focus was the water, like the water. I don't, I know this is going to sound stupid, but the water is almost like a character in this game. Like it's so important. It is so critical to how the game plays. Um, it's mesmerizing to look at. Like it's almost, it's, it's really everything else about this game looks 25 years old, but the water doesn't like, that's, that's a great way to put it. I remember like their heads on your characters are like hexagons. Yeah, dude, like, you know, when you, you know, like, have you ever seen one of those things where it's teaching you how to draw something and it shows like step one, you draw like the circles and the squares and rectangles, and then you slowly shape it into whatever you're drawing. The, the racers in this game look like they stopped at step one. <laughs> like they just, like, it's literally, way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Like I was playing it this morning and I was like the, 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 I always use the, like, we'll get into the characters and stuff like that, but I always use the, the one female racer. I just find her the easiest to use. Um, uh, I always use the uh, blue and red dude. I can't remember his name. I think he was number one though. But. Yeah. The main, yeah. Like Captain Falcon of wave race, like the main guy. Uh, you know, I was actually just reading about that. Apparently wave race, the original title was going to be called F zero on water. I did actually see something about that too. And they were like, they were going to like transform and shit like that. But then they changed it all around, which was probably a good thing. Yeah. Because I will say like, have you ever played F zero on the 64? I can't remember what the title of it is right off the top of my head. F zero X. Uh, I think. 
I played the 64 version of F-Zero once. I played the Super Nintendo one, like, religiously, though. Yeah, the, the Super Nintendo one is fire. But the, the 64 one is really fucking good. But I I saw that, too, and I'm glad that, like, because Shigeru Miyamoto was the producer of this game, and, like, you know, he's Miyamoto. I, I adore that man. But I'm glad that instead of trying to make it into F-Zero on water, that they just were like, let's just, because this game is nowhere near as fast or anything as F-Zero. It just, it I, like, I've never ridden a jet ski before. But it just feels like a realistic jet ski racer. I'm, I like we're gonna get into all the details of the game, but I really just wanted to get it out of the way and say like I was floored at how well this game held up playing it today. Like oh, yeah. floored. I was like, this is you could release this as like an indie game today, and people would probably make fun of like the backgrounds and the way the characters look and stuff like that. But it is like I would pay twenty dollars for this game today and buy it if, if it had online. Like if you just released this game today as an indie game and called it Wave Race, and it was an indie game for twenty bucks, I would buy it and be like, "That was worth twenty bucks. That's a pretty impressive fucking game." Like, and and the fact that this was like, I don't think it was a launch title for the sixty four, but it was close. It came out a couple months after the sixty four launched. Yeah, I think the launch titles were Mario Kart and Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't much. And like you said, I think we got that too with our sixty four, and I believe it came after that was Goldeneye, but. Yeah, it was probably. You know, that's his own thing. <laughs> yeah. But I remember getting Mario, Mario Kart, and this. And, like, yeah, like, I mean, Mario Kart is still easily my favorite of those three games. Um, which also, by the way, I want to say, I've been playing that on my Switch. That holds up too. Like, Mario Kart 64 fucking still kicks ass today. But this game, yeah, like, I, I so I, I, wanted, I wanted to get into this with you because, like, I don't remember you and I playing this two player very often as kids. So. I have nothing to speak to as far as the, the greatest two- on the 64. What's that? I personally didn't find the two player the greatest on the 64 because they had to remove so much from the levels to, in order to allow a second player. Okay. And that's what I wanted to ask you was like, if you don't have, I like guess I'm not putting you on the spot, but like I have literally zero memories of playing this two player and I've been playing it by my low, by myself the last couple of days. So I want to get into the modes and admittedly, it's not like there's a, it's not like there's fucking 300 modes in this game, but there is a two player mode. I don't believe it was four player. I think it cut off at two players. Yeah. Um, It was only two player, which was like, like one of the coolest things about the 64 was being able to play it with four people. And this was one where you couldn't, but I understand why it couldn't. Uh, do you have any, like, is anything about the two-player good? Like, I, if you remember it, I don't remember anything about two-player at all. No, I, it's, well, other than the fact that, you know, you're playing with your buddy, but, like, when you played two-player, they got rid of a lot of the graphics. Like, there'd be no odd little fish in the water. The glare is removed from the water. Uh, oh. The boys no longer had, like, L and R on them. They were just red and yellow balls. So you had to kind of guess on which side to go on. And Really? <laughs> Yeah, no, they had to like take a lot away from that game to make it two player. So to make it four player, sure, I, you know, yeah, it would just be. And that ex- <laughs> and that explains why it would only be two player. But like, I'm 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 all for like I understand having to remove maybe some of the glare off the water and having to remove the fish. Are the L's and R's that taxing? I don't like that. Just seems like an odd thing. That the L- yeah, like how the hell is an L and an R taking up that much space on the cartridge? Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Like that seems like a. Uh, I mean, whatever. I don't know anything about game design, but like, <laughs> like I've always assumed. And I listen. I don't want anyone to yell at me or fucking like. Frankly, if I'm wrong, don't even worry about explaining it to me. Don't send me messages because I don't. I don't mean to be rude. But like I don't. It's not that I don't even care, but like I'm never gonna make a video game. But like. I've always assumed that, like, when you're designing a video game, it's like you have a pie. You have, like, a, a giant pie chart, and you're like, okay, like, graphic is this, music is this, this is this, this is this. And, like, 
if it once you once you exceed how much of the pie you can have, then the game starts to be broken and not work and not like crash and and so maybe they were like, well, we can't make it four player because there's not enough pie. We can make it two player if we squeeze these chunks. Like I'm assuming that that's what it was. Yeah, and it's that I think that also helped like the processor, right? For those old systems, if you're running too much shit at once, the right. game's just gonna drop the frame rate. Right. I and I, I will say too, like I think it's a bit of a testament to how good this game is when the Nintendo 64 single player is different when you're talking a multiplayer experience like you wanted four players and i'm thinking i'm thinking the wrestling games goldeneye uh mario kart mario party the list goes on and on like you wanted four like that was this was the first time it had four controller ports in a home car. like i was like oh my god I well, want and that was one of the biggest selling points of the 64 was the four player yeah exactly so to have a racing game which i i would argue that not all, but a lot of racing games, a giant portion of racing games is designed around multiplayer. And for you to have this system where four players is like your big selling point and it's a racing game where people want to play a multiplayer and you're like, unfortunately, we can only play it with two people. Like you would think that would cost it a couple of points right out of the gate. But like I have nothing, I shouldn't say I have nothing but good things to say, but I have mostly good things to say. And I'm looking at reviews of this game right now on the Wikipedia page. There's literally one review that's under a 9 out of 10. And it's an 8.6. Like, this game got, like, everybody liked this game, despite the fact that you couldn't run it at four people. That's, I, frankly, I'm impressed. I think it's. A, I think this is an impressive piece of technology. And it's a little bit disappointing that the Wave Race franchise isn't a bigger franchise. I know they, they've done a couple more, but, like, it's too bad that it wasn't annual. Oh, no, I'm looking right now. Yeah, the last game in the franchise was fucking Wave Race Blue Storm was released in 2001, and that's it. Yeah, exactly, and then just re-releases. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like, when everybody thinks of Nintendo franchises that have died on the vine, I know personally F-Zero is the one that stands out to me, like how badly I want a new F-Zero. And I know that there are fans of Star Fox out there saying, where is Star Fox? Where is Punch-Out? Whereas, insert your favorite Nintendo franchise that hasn't been used forever here. But, like, Wave Race is almost... I don't want to say it's quite in that class, but, like, it kind of was. It's too... Like, maybe they just figured between Mario Kart and F-Zero, they already had enough racing. I don't know. But, like, it sucks. It sucks that this, like... Because I would... Dude, I would love to see what a Wave Race on, like, the Switch would look like. I, I think it'd be sexy well, Like as a fun. brand new one, yeah. For yeah. Sure. Um, with like today's graphics and everything, you'd almost think you were doing it. Yeah. And not even so much like at this, listen, I want to clarify too, that like, I am not a graphics guy. I really don't care. 90% like I'll praise nice graphics because they're nice, but I really don't care what a game looks like. I care whether or not a game is fun. If a game is fun, I could give a shit what it looks like, but this is just one of those games where every time, like when you, you know how, you know, when you think of a game that you grew up playing, you've got like a lasting impression of it. Like there's that one, that's what sticks out to me about wave race is just, I remember and like firing it back up to play it for this podcast. I was like, yeah, it's it. I don't know. Maybe for better or worse, like what sticks out to me is the water. It's not even about, I honestly forgot that there were like the left and right buoys to go around and stuff. I just remember the water looking nice. Oh, the first time I played that game as a kid, I got so mad because I didn't understand the concept of the left and right buoys. Yeah. And like, so I do like a half lap, and the game's like you're disqualified, and it's like this is bullshit. Yeah, and like again, I want to clarify that like I have no idea if jet ski racing is like a major sport or if this is like a normal thing with buoys you have to go. Around. I assume it is like skiing, 
where you have to go around the pole. I have no idea though. Um, yeah, the closest experience I have to that is like wave racing, like Grand Theft Auto and shit. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if it's accurate, but I will say that like when I started replaying it, the buoys pissed me off the first time because I missed a ton of them. But it only took me about two races. It was like riding a bike. After about two races, I had the basics back down. Uh, I think so. Like we'll get into the, how the game works, but I think it'd be boring without the buoys. If it was oh, just it would be. right, it, it would be super boring without them. If it was just four. Cause that's the thing. Okay. So if you've never played it, obviously it's wave race. It's you're racing on waves <laughs> on jet skis and it's only four players. <laughs> it's not like there's no CP, like there's three CPU controlled opponents, but it's not like, uh, they throw in a, like when you play F zero, you know, they throw in like a bunch of just no name computer controlled carts. Oh yeah. 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 This one is just the four. Well, you and the three players. Yeah. It is literally just four racers and it's the same. You pick one and then the computer controls the other three and that's it. Um, and if they didn't have the buoys, it would literally just be racing around these islands and shit, and it, it would get old fast. But these, the, oh, those, really would. those fucking buoys, if you've never played it, it's basically they're like circles, like floating like dots with like a... Yeah, they're buoys. Yeah, yeah, with like an arrow sticking out of the side. And they either say L or R, and they're yellow and red. And your only objective, unless you're playing the stunt mode, your only objective is to rip around the rack or the rack rip <laughs> rip around the rip around the race track there it is i'll call it the rack why the fuck not you rip around the track three times or whatever but you have to go around these buoys if it says left you have to go left if it says right you have to be on the right side of it doesn't matter if you hug it or if you take it from a mile out you just have to be on that side uh, oh yeah and, like i used to hit them because that's how you get the fastest one it's just to touch the thing but yeah. if you hit it dead on you get throwing right like just hug the edge of it yeah um and each and every time you miss one you get a strike and if you get five strikes you lose and and to me that's where like that's the secret sauce because without those you're right it like there's no there's no items it's not mario kart there's no banana peels and shells and shit there's no i don't believe you can like you can't like you can knock other players off of their jet skis but you can't like road rash them and come up beside them and kick them off or anything no you can just ram into them hard or something on a corner or something and even yeah. if you do that there's a chance you'll go flying yeah exactly like a vast majority of this game is focused on just the racing and <laughs> hugging those buoys like hugging those edges and going around those checkpoints man i like there's nothing more satisfying then going into like a part where it's like left, right, left, right, like really fast, maybe a couple of waves and just hugging them and like, oh, oh yeah, fuck. It, like, and I, once you crank the difficulty, they make them spread out really far. So you have to like go to the far left side of the track to the far right and back and forth. Right. Yeah. Instead of just down the center. Oh man. I was so like, I was playing it today and I, I beat championship mode on normal pretty easily. And then I ratcheted it up to hard. And I think I lost on like the fifth race and I lost because I didn't get to the minimum placement, which we'll, we'll get into. But yep, yep. the reason I didn't get to the minimum placement is because you yeah, had the fucking, the checkpoint, the buoy thingies are so spread out. And like, there's so many obstacles. There's like pillars in the water. And <laughs> the one thing that doesn't, that I think is kind of stupid is that everything else about the game feels semi-realistic. But then for some reason, there's giant floating balls of spikes that will knock you off, which seem oddly out of place. <laughs> but yeah like sea mines in the middle of a race like, yeah and like everything else like you know what i'm saying like it's not i'm not saying that this game is like photorealistic but it's fairly accurate the water physics are accurate and like there's no crazy yeah, weapons. If you hit a, yeah if you hit like a wood pole coming out and you just clip it it'll throw you to the side if you hit it dead on you go flying if you hit it a little bit you're like 
guy's feet slipped off, but he still held on, so he got back on a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like there's at least a semi-focus on realism, but then they're like, yeah, let's throw some mines out there just to fuck with them, too. Like, I don't know, whatever. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say now. (laughs) But, okay, so, yeah, so anyway, I couldn't beat it on hard because when you play the championship mode, if you guys have never played it, again, it's only four racers, and in normal mode, I think it's like five or six tracks, and then hard mode, it goes up to like seven or eight. Like they add. Yeah, it was six in normal, seven in hard, and eight in expert. Sure. So they add them on, yeah. and you get points based on where you finish, which I believe, because again, there's only four racers. I think it went seven, four, two, one. Yeah, like, that sounds about right. Like seven points for first, four for second, two for third, one for fourth, and so the game would basically tell you at the begin, like, and so at the at the beginning of every race, there's a minimum number of points you need to have to qualify. Like at the end of that race, you need to have a minimum number of points to qualify for the next race. And so like, yeah, so it'll so, tell you at the beginning, it'll be like, you need third or better here or you're out. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so like what's cool about, and I actually really like that system because what's cool about it is that like, if you're doing well, uh, you can bank some points and say you get first in the first two races, that's seven points each. So you have 14 points. And then say at the end of the third race, you need to have nine points. It literally doesn't even matter how you finish. You'll have enough points to carry on. Um, yeah, you just need the points to still beat the other races by the end. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I, I really, I actually really like that that system a lot, and I like how it says at the top of the screen, like it'll show your rank, like first, second, third, or fourth, and then it'll tell you in like a little number beside it what number you need to finish at minimum to move on. And so there's two ways to lose on a on a cup or a championship mode and one is to not make the minimum rank to have the minimum number of points you need to carry on but the other is to just get five misses of those buoys um and so it's like it's um what's the word i'm looking for it's almost that like things can snowball out of control really quickly because oh yeah like if and you're every time you miss a buoy, you lose all your fucking speed. That's right. Because you also, so that cripples you even more because you need to pass five correctly before you can go at full speed again. Yeah. So you start out with like, no, I mean, if you get a turbo start or whatever, your power will fill up, but you have like a power yeah. meter on the screen. And every time you correctly go around one of those things, it goes up one and you you'll speed up more and more and more. And then, yeah, if you miss one, it all falls back down to zero. And so like, everything's great. You're in first place. You're hitting all the checkpoints, your max speed. Everything is great. But then especially when you start to get to the higher difficulties and those fucking checkpoints start spreading out, they get harder and harder to get to. You miss one checkpoint and now you have a strike and your speed goes back down to minimum and people start blowing by you. So you're like, fuck, I need to get caught up. So then you're like, well, and the computers don't get affected by that shit. No, exactly. And then you're like, (laughs) fuck. So the next buoy is all the way over there to the right. I'm just going to skip that one. Because it's not worth the time it's going to take me to go over and get it. I need to get caught up, and I'm already at minimal speed anyway. But now you have two strikes. And then, say, a little bit later, you miss one, and now you're down to three strikes. And you're like, now it's becoming a point of, like, I can't afford to miss any more of these. But I also, yeah, exactly. but going for them is taking me out of the way and costing me time at trying to catch up. Like, I love that strategy. Whereas, like, if you can get through the first two laps without missing any checkpoints... Then, like, maybe if you're in, like, a dead heat toward the finish line or something, you're like, you know what? Forget it. I'm not going for that last check, that last buoy. I'm just going to make a beeline for the finish line before everybody There's passes a, me. I think it was the second level. I think it was called Sunset Bay. And I remember they're right near the end of the track. It's a big right turn with a left buoy. And uh, I used to always shortcut it and go past that buoy on the outside and just go straight for the finish. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, and but that... in the higher difficulties, they put the sea mines there. And I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, fucking stupid sea mines. 
So it like I love that concept that that like they could have made it just a simple racing game, but then you have to take into account the strategies of I have to finish at least third this race. I I can't afford to miss five of these targets. Every time I miss one, I lose all my speed. Um, I love that. I I just it. I was playing it and I was like, man, this is like I don't want to say it's a. Spe- I don't think it's a special video game. Like it would not be in my top. Ah. I'm not going to sit here and definitively say it's not in my top 10 64 games, but I don't, if it is, it's near the end of my bottom, like the bottom of my top 10. Um, but like they, they put just enough strategy into the races to, to make you think twice. Cause then there's also shortcuts. There's also like, and some shortcuts are like high risk, high reward. I, you know, the one I think, oh, of, yeah. the one I think of is the, I can't remember which track it is. Uh, but you come around this one corner and then there's like a giant dock going out to the sea and the tide is going in or out while you're playing. So the water level is slowly dropping as you play. Oh yeah. Uh, oh shit. I think it's the last level. I don't know which one you're talking about. Cause the tides are high and then they're medium. And then the last level, the tides are super low. Yeah. And you can cut off seconds of a race by going directly underneath that dock. But then if you, you don't smoke one of the piers, exactly. You need to dodge all of those poles coming out of the water. And if you hit one, dude, like that's the one thing about this game that I don't think is bad, but it is, can be so frustrating is if you get knocked off your, it's one thing when you get bumped and like your feet come off, but you hold on when you get knocked off yeah, your jet you're ski, only out for like a half a second. But when you get knocked down, it's like three, four seconds before you can even accelerate. Again. It sucks. It's, you know what it reminded me of playing it today? It reminded me of excite bike from the NES. Um, oh, I used to play the hell out of that. Yeah, one. I mean, everyone's played Excite Bike, and I love that. Like, because we'll get more into the physics and everything like that in a second. But not only can you control how your jet ski lands in the water, like by tilting it forward and backward and stuff, like you could an Excite Bike. But like, if you eat shit and get knocked off your ride, that weight to like run back to your bike and Excite Bike or swim back to your jet ski in this game, and everyone's just taking off, like it is, it is devastating, devastating. Oh yeah. Ah, oh, like. On the first lap, you can make up for it. In the second lap, third lap, you're fucked. You're fucked. Oh yeah, exactly. It's, I love it. Um, we should talk about we. Speaking of the physics, like we should talk about because I think that is this game's uh high. Like I think it's the strong point because I, I like love how to react with the waves. Oh, it's the strongest point. If you've never played this game, everybody, I swear, I, I'm not. Listen. Anyone that's a long-time listener to this podcast knows, like, I am not a big Nintendo 64 fan. Certainly not a Nintendo 64 apologist. I'm not going to go to bat for that console. But the physics engine in this game and the way you react to the water is unbelievable. I think it's a bet. I legitimately think it's better than some video games today are. It is so incredible. Like, clearly, a vast majority of the development time of this game was a focus on how you interact with the water. Because, like you said and it's so much fun you see these giant waves coming at you and you're like oh and you pull up and you just get wicked air off of them i always do that all the time of course yeah but like it's not only about getting the air it's like you need to plan for like so i'm trying to you know you seem that you know the track names better than me it's one of the i think it's the third or fourth track and it's almost like racing outside of like a prison and it's really wavy and as soon as you take Uh, off that's uh Port Stormy, I think its name was. Yeah, and as soon as you, as soon as you take off, my favorite track. (laughs) Yeah, as soon as you take off from the start line, like up in front of you, I don't know how far. It doesn't matter. I have one. It's that big stone, uh, the stone wall sticking out, and the waves come at you. And if you 
once in a great while, you won't get a wave and you just smoke the wall unless you go around it. But I always went for it because a wave would almost always come and you get wicked air over it. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, there's this giant wall sticking out going to the – like, so you have to go to the left to go around it. But one thing we haven't mentioned, too, is that there's also, uh, like, an out-of-bounds area around it. And you can't be out-of-bounds for more than five seconds either. Yeah, the pink balls, I think they were. Yeah, like, like I don't yeah. – I very rarely lose from being out-of-bounds. I lose because I miss too many fucking checkpoints, but – um, I actually didn't realize you could lose from going out of bounds. I don't think I ever have for more than like a half a second. No, me neither. It's more just to make sure you fucking stay where you have to be. But when you're coming up to this wall, it, to me, it's the first time in the game where, at least on the normal difficulty, where the waves really play a, a role. Because you're coming up on this giant wall, and it goes really far to the left. And so to go around it, there's frankly not a ton of space between the end of that wall and those buoys to take you off course. So like it's a tight turn to go around it. You have to swing to the left, then pull it back to the right to go back onto the course. And there's these massive waves coming at you. And like Josh said, <laughs> you basically have two choices. You can, you can bank on hitting a wave right before that wall and going right over it, or you can go around it. But if you want to go around it, what's so cool about this game is that you really have to like, plan ahead and like and again to people that do ride jet skis or drive but i've never driven a boat or ridden a jet ski so i don't know how realistic this is i assume there's at least aspects of it that are realistic you have to plan it like from like a few seconds out you've got to be like when i hit that wave it's gonna kick me up in the air and this isn't mario brothers where i can turn in midair and and aim my my like once i'm in the air i'm going that way until i come back down into the water yeah, and if you have, like, the slightest slope or turn, as soon as you hit the water, it's like a jolt, and your guy will go in that direction. Like yeah, instantly. which is, it's, I love that, because you hit that fucking wave, and you want to hit it going to the left to go around that wall, but then right before you hit the wave, you kind of hook it back to the right, and then you hit this Yeah, and then in mid area you'll curve to the right, and then when you land, you'll just immediately take off in the it, right direction. Exactly, back around that wall. Yeah. And I, I, I have no doubt, listen, people can... People can dunk on Nintendo for some of their decisions. I do. Sometimes they fucking drive me crazy. But one thing Nintendo is, I think, better at just about than just about anybody in gaming for is, and this goes to every franchise they have, is they slowly roll out new mechanics and let you, like, basically, like, that, that one turn is how they're going to teach you how to deal with waves. Like that one turn. Because if you don't know how, oh, yeah. you're going to hit that wave and either go way off to the left and go off the course or you're going to go straight ahead, hit that wall and have to get back up on it. Like they're teaching you, like you're going to use this wave to kind of spring up and around that. Ah, oh, I just, that's there what was a, uh, What? There's a cool third option with that wall actually too. And I'm sure a lot of players know about this one, but when you hit a big wave, if you pull back on the joystick, your character will get a lot more air. Yeah, and then when you hit the top of your jump, push the joystick forward, and your character will jam their jet ski down, and they'll actually go underwater, and you can go underwater for a few seconds. Yeah, I like doing that. And then you can go under the wall, and there's actually another city level where you do the same thing for a big shortcut too. Yeah, yeah, there's a few times, and that's where I was gonna go next. Is like not only do the waves, so like you need to you need to plan on the waves for your race. It's not like driving on a you know a racetrack in Mario Kart. Yeah. You know, you need to plan how the waves are gonna interact with your cart or your, your jet ski, but hitting the waves is like hitting a ramp. And I, again, like excite bike to me is the best way to like compare it. When you go up in the air, if you pull back, then your guy will lean back on their jet ski. And if you pull too far back, you'll eat shit when you hit the water. 
Yeah, because then you'll have it almost vertical and thud. Yeah. yeah, and if you push it too far, or if you push it all the way up, then you almost do like a, a fucking dive right into the water, and you go underneath for a couple of seconds. And we haven't even gotten into the stunts and stuff yet. But the third option, no. the third option is you hit a wave, and it's all about balancing yourself out, like Excite Bike, where you could dip the nose forward, you could dip the tail back, or you can just level it out to hit the hit the water perfectly flat and keep going. Um, and all of those different like they all come down to how you want to play it. And we have, and again, like we mentioned earlier, like you can lean to the left or lean to the right. And then when you hit the ground or hit the water, you're hooking that way fast. It's, Oh my God. Oh, just, yeah. just dry. I, I kind of, I know it's got like, it's stunt mode, which I fucking don't personally very much like very much, but like, I, I played it a few times as a kid just cause I, I got really good at the stunts. Yeah. Yeah. And like, the stunts are fun. Really to do. good at the stunts. <laughs> but like, I wish it had just like a sandbox mode where it was just like a big open course that you could just rip around on. Because, like, it's just, like, Mario Kart, I, I love Mario Kart, but I have no interest in just driving around an empty track. Whereas, like, oh, this no, game... especially in Mario Kart. Why would you do that? Exactly. Whereas, like, this game, I would, dude, if there was just, like, a giant sandbox course where you could pick the time of day and make it, like, morning, afternoon, sunset, evening, how bad you want the waves and all, and just rip around and just have fun. Like, I, like, no time limit, no out of bounds. Yeah, just... No, like, like just a big open square or something with raves and ramps and stuff yeah, to play on. Li- yeah. Literally just being like a jet skier that took his jet ski out for a rip. Like it's just so much yeah, fun. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, and, like, and to me, that's what makes this game great is not only is it a racing game and it's competitive, but just like controlling your character is a lot of fun. And I started playing it again and I was trying to get caught back up. And usually when I replay a retro game, I look up the manual for it just because... <laughs> I, I, this is a I, I know I've said it on here before, but life hack to all of you that are like going back and playing retro games. Don't write off the manuals. I know modern games don't come with manuals because there's tutorials for everything. <laughs> old games didn't have that. They're expecting you to read that fucking manual. I still have a bunch of our old fucking manuals from the NES and the SNES. Yeah, they're hella collectible now. And like, as a kid, I used to sit there and just read them because I got we, bored. Yeah, we've talked about that. Like, we've talked about doing a whole episode about manuals. I used to take them to school and just sit there and read them and stuff like a fucking nerd. But the one big thing about this game is, uh, it 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 tells you when you when you if you want to take a turn sharp, pull down while you turn to the left or right. Um, yeah, and you could also hold R. And it didn't show anything, but it was like equivalent to sticking your foot in the water. It would make your jet ski dig in and turn really sharp. Right. And yeah. in the manual... It's like even, equivalent to the e-brake in other race games. Yeah. And in the manual, it says, this is an important mechanic to master. And literally on the normal difficulty by the second race, I was like, oh, yeah, you need... Because a lot of them, a lot of these, like, every track's going to have some U-turns. And a lot of the time, you'll hit that U-turn. And as you come around, there'll be a buoy that is telling you to hug the inside of the turn yeah, like stay exactly. close. So you have to do that sharp digging in order to make it. Yeah, it's impossible to make it without doing it. Like and I and again, I just think it's a great I a fucking great mechanic. I just I cannot praise the physics engine and the controls in this game enough. They're simple, but they're so deep as far as like interacting with the water and stuff. And you and I were texting oh, about, yeah. you and I were texting about this when we were when I were getting ready to do this episode. Uh and you were talking about like and I totally forgot you could do this. You can go to the options and turn the waves like all the way up. And it's oh, I used to do that for every track and championship. I'd play on expert and have every course at like hurricane waves. Yeah, I'm like when you get the waves, like it. Frankly, the game, like the game, is very relaxing when you play it with no waves. But when you turn the waves all the way up, it's fucking insanity. 
Oh yeah, it'll fucking beat the shit out of you. Yeah, and it does. It's actually and- kind of funny to watch the computers try it because they can't do the waves that well, except for the courses where they're designed to be really wavy. So the yeah. computer gets thrown around pretty bad. It's it's <laughs> fucking nuts. Like you come off these giant waves, it's like hitting a ramp every three seconds. Like you hit this giant well, wave, yeah. and then you're like, "Well, now what do I do?" But then as you're going around the track, the waves are hitting you from different sides, and so- oh man. Yeah, because they always move from the same direction. So, like, the first track's a giant oval. And when you play it on uh, with the extreme waves, when you're on the outside of the oval, all the waves are coming directly at you. And if you lift off, you pretty much hit just as the next wave comes. Yeah. yeah. And then when you hit the inside part of the track, the waves are behind you, and all of a sudden your whole jet ski will lift up in the air and drop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking wild. It's a it's a trippy fucking game, man. Um, I wanted to quickly – outside of the water – like I already said, like it's not like the like the racers frankly are kinda ugly. Um but there is the odd track where I even like even with the kind of ugliness, like there's one where it feels like you're kinda racing in like a swamp and it's kind of foggy and like Oh, uh Mirror Lake. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Mirror Lake or something like that. No, I think But yeah, might. it's perfectly smooth and there's like ducks swimming off of the water as you go around. Yeah. And, it, yeah. Like Again, I understand the racers are ugly, and I would even go as far as to say that, like, like those spike balls that are in the water look like they're cardboard cutouts, and the odd uh, spectator looks like they're cardboard cutout and stuff. But not only the water, but the skies and the environments, like the track itself, uh, really just very nice looking. Like, the, the hectic tracks are fucking hectic, but the relaxing tracks are very calm. Like, it's a really... It's a good. I think it's better looking than again than Mario sixty four or Mario Kart. I just compared to those two because these are three of the first games we owned. I think this is by far the best Fair looking. Of the yeah, three. Wave Race had better graphics than Mario Kart did. That's for sure. No question about it. A- admittedly, it had a lot less going on. You know, only four well, characters. Yeah, Mario instead Kart, of, Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, four characters instead of eight, and no items and stuff like that. Um, I should say too when we I wanted to get into the characters, like they all. So they all like they all have slightly different like skill sets, but I I feel they're fairly generic. What's cool is that you can tweak all of their yeah, abilities. like your your grip and your speed and stuff, and that actually makes a big difference. Oh, a lot of people dude. didn't realize how much of a difference that made. Like I always played with a super tight grip on my character. If I'm correct, that made your accelerating extremely sensitive. But when you crashed, you had a much higher chance of only having your feet slip off, not your arms. Right. So yeah. you could still hold on, right? Yeah, you could affect stuff like that. You could affect uh, how, how hard... Like, you're handling. Yeah, yeah, how hard they turn and stuff like that. And so a lot of the game was just about, like, trial and error until you found the right racer with the right combination of settings. Um, yeah, and they, they did actually have a little bit of difference, too. Like, so the four racers, there was, like, two normal-looking dudes, uh, well, a fatter guy, and then the woman. Yeah, yeah. And the woman... If I'm correct, the woman was, I think she was slightly slower, but she had better handling than anybody. And then the big guy was faster and he had a harder chance to fall off. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the two normal guys were like Mario and Luigi. Right? They were just the standard. Yeah. The, I can't remember what was ranked what, but when I was slipping through the manual, like the, the one I found online to get ready for it, it did say that like one of them, I think it was the heavier guy was for advanced players and the girl was for beginning. And then the other two were like beginning to average. Um, yeah, something like that. I personally, it's funny too, because like in most kart racers, I like Bowser. Like I like the big heavy, and I find him high risk, high reward because his top speed's incredible. But if he goes off the track, getting going You're again stopped. is a fucking nightmare. Yeah. 
Whereas in this game, I I always play as the female. I just find her the easiest. And they have like stupid made up names. I don't know. I don't know. I, you can change their names to whatever you want. But um, yeah, I think I did way back when as a kid. You named my friends or yeah, something. Yeah, same I can't here. Remember, yeah. But. But I always use her just because I found her really. I I like the way she turns, and yeah, I found her the easiest one to use. Um, I use the average guy, one of the average two guys. Mario and Luigi. I wish that like I will say. I guess really my only major criticisms of the game are a minor criticism is I wish you could customize those four characters more. Like I I don't like their colors and shit. yeah, Yeah, like. I understand why you can't like, there's no, this isn't one of those games where you can like fucking earn money to buy better parts for your ski or anything. Like it is what it like who you, you can definitely, oh, but, like, you, you said it was have, like three or four suits or something you could change into just to make shit look different. Right. But like you said, it's F zero yeah. on water and it, and it is like, you can see the F zero influence on it. Like I think back to the Nintendo six or the super Nintendo F zero where it had four racers and it was, you know, similar concept. Uh, I did. I don't care about customizing my ski, but I wish you could go in and just like change their colors. You know, like I don't. I don't know how much that takes, but like it would be cool if you could just like if you wanted to make your character like fucking like this was in the mid '90s. If you wanted to make your character look NWO, like let them go all black and white stuff. Like I think that would have been a cool thing that I think is frankly not a major thing, but I, I do think it's a missing part of the game. That kind of yeah, that you mentioned it. They actually dress the characters up '90s because most of them are wearing like that bright fluorescent windbreaker color shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it would have been cool if you could just tweak their colors. My major criticism of this game is, uh, and it, I don't even want to say it's a. When I say major, it's my biggest criticism. I don't think it's a big deal. Like I'm going to give this game a great score. Is uh, there's not a ton of, there's not a ton of meat on the bone. Like there's. Basically, there's that stupid stunt mode, which we'll get into in a second. There's the three championship modes, but like, that's about it. Like, it's not. That's about. There's not a ton to this game. Yeah. There's no unlockable I mean, there characters. A, uh, it's there, like Mario Kart. There is actually a fourth championship mode. Once you beat the highest difficulty, you get reverse. Right. But like, right, and but agreed, sure. You no, know, all it does is it's just like Mario Kart. Exactly. Yeah, you just reverses the course, which again. If you play the game a lot, like me, I, like, memorize the courses. So as soon as I switch to reverse, I get fucked royally. Oh, yeah. Like, I... For a little bit. Because, like, I'm like, okay, left, right, left, left. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, right, left, right, right. And yeah. I just crash into everything. Yeah. Mirror... I always get the... Like, I always get all my gold trophies in Mario Kart games. And the mirror modes always fuck me up. Because my muscle memory is just fucked. But... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just wish that there was, like... I don't know, unlockable characters or unlockable alternate costumes or the, maybe like the difference between a Mario Kart 64 and this is that Mario Kart 64 had battle mode and like the two player mode of this game. Like it's too bad. They're like, why not like a horse mode? Like give me like a fucking, uh, an op- like a sandbox mode or something where I have two minutes to put on my best score that hand you the controller or like, there's just, you could, if you got that good at this, be a good idea. Yeah. Like, you could probably beat this game in a week, like in a week, if you got good at it, like you could do everything. And like, I do like how it has the records mode and you can save your best times and stuff like that on every track and everything. But there's just not a lot. There's just not a, it's fun to play, but I wish there was more. Yeah. Once you master off those eight courses, yeah, you're done. Yeah. And like, I don't know. And the thing about it is I don't even know if that's a fair criticism because 
1996, I remember us playing this and it just like, I could play this game for days. Whereas today it's hard. Cause like I'm, maybe I'm comparing it to games today. Like maybe that's not fair, but I just, I, that's really my only, I, I guess I can't think of anything else to criticize. Like it, it's the music is great. The voice act like that stupid announcer voice is cool. Um, it's just a blast. Of, it's just a fun video game. The stunt mode. Cause I, we haven't mentioned that yet. You could do some pretty funky stunts in this game, like handstands and stuff. Uh, yeah, there's like headstand, uh, backflips, front flips, and barrel rolls. I can't remember the other two. There was two more stunts you could do on the water, like the headstand. But yeah, I don't know what they were. And like, I don't know. Like they get, they're fun. They get old, but they're like. So when you play that stunt mode, I forgot about this until I was playing it for the game uh, for this. It's one of those ones where you have to hit all the rings and like every like and make it to checkpoints before your time runs out. And I like yeah, those while type... still doing stunts. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to get as high a score as possible with your stunts and stuff. And, like, I like that, but I just, again, I kind of wish, like, the stunts felt like just a, it felt like they finished the game with championship and time trials, and then they were like, we need to put something else in here. Yeah, it, it seemed like an afterthought. Like, yeah, like a thrown-in, like, half-assed afterthought. Like, I feel like a good stunt mode would be, like, I know, going into another game, but it'd be like playing, like, a two-minute game of Tony Hawk. You know, here's the whole level, go where you want to go, just get as many points as you can get. Yeah. So, That'd I mean, be a lot of fun. But. I don't know. I mean, so like it's it's easy to sit here and be like, well, it could use a little bit more and blah blah blah. But like, it's just a fun. It's just a fun fucking video game. I usually hate realistic racing games, and I don't know if you would call this game realistic, but I think it's fairly realistic. And I I think it's I think so. yeah. And like I just it's I was floored at how well it still holds up today. I just think it's a lot of fun. I would love to see a new. Uh, wave race game i don't know if we'll ever get another one but i'd love to see another one um, oh yeah like i i thought it would be kind of cool like you were mentioning earlier like how like you start a race and it's like you need to have such and such points to go on i always thought it would have been a cool concept back then if there was like eight racers and that affected everybody so if one of the computer racers had gotten last three races in a row they're gone yeah yeah that would have been a cool concept I but again it's limited with the technology and shit at the time. Yeah, I have to assume the reason there's only four racers is because of the limitations of the 64. I can't see any other reason why it wouldn't be like that. Well, yeah, I was reading about it, and they said, like, I think I mentioned it earlier, the cartridge for that game is eight megabytes. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's fucking crazy. a goddamn photo today is bigger than that game. Yeah, this, this, the, <laughs> this audio file that you're listening to might be bigger than Wave Race 64. Like I doubt. Oh, it. I don't know how. I don't know how much how that stuff works. But no, point I, I'm being, not. it's not that big. So, um, fuck. I think we've like I literally. I didn't think this episode would be more than half an hour long because I was like, "There's only four." No, racers. we're actually talking more than I thought we would. Yeah, there's four racers, eight tracks, and three modes. I think we're done. But I, I think we've covered everything. Is there anything I've forgotten? Like, are you good? I think we've hit everything. Uh, the only other thing I kind of want to say is like, I don't know if you remember it, but most of the levels like we were talking earlier had all the kind of cool shortcuts. Yeah. And one of the ones we were chatting about there earlier, the stormy level with the, the concrete wall, you, yeah. you have to jump over. Yeah. I remember that level specifically because when you got to the higher difficulties, a wall opened up. Yeah. Like your first lap, you took the outside track and the wall was closed. Yeah. On your second lap, that wall opened up if you were not first place. Oh, that's right. I was playing that today. If you were first, the wall wouldn't open. If you were second, the wall opened up. And then in the third lap, it was open the whole time. I swear to God, I was I literally played that track two hours ago. And I was in last place. So it was fucking wide open. I was on the hard mode. But then you get into that, and it's like this really narrow fucking 
path. Oh, and there's tons of fucking waves and yeah. concrete walls on both sides. And so if you, unless you are like an expert at driving, you're going to crash trying yeah. to take that shortcut. I was getting mad because I was already in last place and then I took that shortcut and fucking kept hitting the walls and just getting further into last place. And I was like, fuck me, I suck at this fucking game. But, but if you I, pull it off, it's a huge shortcut. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like You've got to do it, that really sharp turn at the end. Yeah, if you can pull it off, it, it's great. But if you if you mess it up, you'll blow. You'll look like a fool. Like riding a mini bike through a loop. Uh, Shadow Tenu gets that reference. Anyways, I'm done. Let's score this thing. I'm done. This is good. Uh, I hate scoring 64 games out of 64. <laughs> but there's only four racers. What the fuck else are you going to score it out of? So we're going to score it out of 64. I don't give a fuck. Um... What would you give this game out of 64? What would you score this thing? Out of 64? Yeah. Uh, I'd probably put it up in like at least a 50. Oh, easily. Like yeah. it's, it's up there. It's got a lot of fun to it. But I mean, it's its biggest problem is the lack of tracks, the lack of drivers. But Yeah. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 50. But, I'm going to give it a 55 because I, I, I really liked it as a kid. And I was replaying it today. And I'm like, man, this is as fun as it was 25 years ago. This is a good video game. It now you said that they're, re- they're re-releasing this on the Switch. They, just, they did. They did on Friday. Yeah. Just like an exact copy of the 64. Is it upgraded? No, it's uh. So for those of you that don't know, yeah, like on on the Switch, if you can sign up for an increased uh, online and get Nintendo 64 games, and they're just like literally native ports of the Nintendo 64 games. So it plays exactly. It is a one for one port of the 64 version. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it plays fucking. Except you, I think you can play it online. But uh, again, this this game's multiplayer. Fuck, it kind of sucks, anyways. But no, it, it plays. It's identical. And I was playing it today, and I was like, I felt like I was thirteen again. I was like, this game is. I I have nothing nothing but good things to say about this game. I fucking love this goddamn game. Um, oh yeah, I played the living shit out of that one as a kid. Yeah, I hate to admit it, but this is one of those games that uh, you you kick my ass at. I hate to admit that because. <laughs> Uh, it's the big brother, little brother superiority complex, but yeah, you destroy me at this game. But yeah, there's a few games out there I could do that too. But you yeah. got me in a lot too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, I did. Thank you very much. Thanks for making me feel better. Um, good stuff. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. I let you win a lot. Yeah, yeah, fuck you, you did. Uh, <laughs> let me win, I because I fucking unplug your fucking control. Anyway, uh, right, oh, good stuff. The wall, or like yeah, we'll wrap. Okay. we'll fight this out. <laughs> we'll fight this out off air. Uh. Fuck yeah, good episode. I'm going to do the outro now and get out of here. But Josh, good job. Thank you for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Josh, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Wave Race 64 and every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first Remember the Game or your 211th. Thank you so much for giving us a chance. I'm very, very grateful to every single one of you. Uh, if you didn't hate this, if you thought that wasn't a terrible show, leave us a good review, why don't you? On, on whatever podcast service you're on, assuming it allows you to leave reviews. I have no idea what they accomplish or if they affect the algorithm or the charts or anything, but all the good podcasts ask for them and we're just a crappy podcast hosted by one out of work comedian in his girlfriend's spare bedroom so i'm trying to compete with the big dogs i need all the help i can get reviews would be fucking great and if you're thinking to yourself i need more i need more of this 211 episodes aren't enough guess what there's 200 and fuck i don't know red expansion pass 125 or a game patch 103 
So that's 228. Plus there's like 30 old expansion. Pa- there's, there's about 250 bonus podcasts waiting for you right now at patreon.com slash remember the game. And I add two more podcasts to that pile every week for just two bucks a month. Plus you can join our discord, play, play one, remake one, erase one, vote our Patreon poll, DM with me, get a shout out. You know the spiel by now, patreon.com slash remember the game if you're interested in supporting the show i have a p.o box that i don't always remember to plug but i try to it's uh remember the game p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v 1g7 and if you're like i can't remember that you can go to remember the game podcast.com and find the full address there don't send me anything big just a postcard or a letter something little let me be fret well you know Tell me where you're listening, why you don't hate the show, or maybe you do hate the show. I'll send you a postcard back and tell you why I don't hate or do hate you, and we'll be friends. That'd be a lot of fun. And uh, you can check me out on Twitch. I'm on there very sporadically. I try to get on two or three times a week at least, whenever I get a chance. Twitch.tv slash member the game. Not remember. Member the game. Uh, hit me with a follow. I never beg for subs or anything. I'm not one of those those fucking streamers. I also don't sit in a, big, in a hot tub or a, a pool in a bikini, although, you know, Crazier things have happened. Uh, I just play games and argue with the audience, and it's lots of fun, so come on by if you want to, all right? That's going to do it for this week's episode, everybody. For all our patrons, I'll be back tomorrow with Expansion Pass number 125, games you thought you'd love but ended up hating. Game Patch 103.0 will go live on Friday with all the world's biggest gaming news, and I'll be back a week from today with Remember the Game number 212, which... If the stars align, will either be about Silent Hill 3 or Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. Chances are those will be the next two episodes. But I got to see if I can get them recorded with my friends before not first. So, all right. Take it easy, everybody. I'm going to shout out some Patreons and get out of here. I'll talk to you on the next one. Cheers. Goodbye. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following names are, su- are subscribed subscribed, subscribed at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I am contractually obligated to butcher a bunch of their names at the end of every podcast. So a huge thank you to... Makeshift Mallow Magic Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keys and His Stupid Arrow Handle, James Clark, King Bahamut, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Aaron Lawson, Nathan Tromblay, A Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9 PSX, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 4 20, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Gay No Man Misi, Daniel, Tunable, Daniel, Tunable Power, John Woodruff, Randy Barrage, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Chris Dickin, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Triple, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Ray San Juan Tongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, Nicholas Chaffee, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, Mexican Johnny, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Much Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sostritz. I lost my spot there for a second. Russell, Set, Russell, whose last name I can't say. Evolva, Sean Ramos, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Fuzzy99, 
Decoy Man, John Jameson, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Scary Terry, Bucky Duck, Benjamin Swiller, Hogzilla, Hega Waffle, Kayach, Jimothy, Joe Stone, Chris Williams, Oroku Saki's Gardener, Nicole Novak, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Dem Boys on the Roof, James Juan Francesco, The Jamadian Nightmare, Matt Hamilton, Nomad, James Black, Sam Carpenter, Nerdy Hybrid, Aaron Fletcher, Adam Fletcher, not Aaron. Ugh. I've never met a good Aaron Fletcher. Adam Fletcher, Colin, call it, fuck. Fucking, I'm losing it. Colin Bollinger, Justified 01, Lucas, Joey Mercury, You Lick My Butt, IR Jackal, Theran, Squeak Nuts, Isaias, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Lance Jones, Brian Neese, Christian Gabriel, Maverick Marty, Big Poppy Logan, Phil Vow, John M. Watkins, Beef Dingleberry, Hitchy Poo, Daniel Matthews, Arctic Vision, Romaldo Marquez, Connor McCann, Bulma Simp, Mark Nele, Darren Dickey, Trevor McKee, Quiet Place Queen, Cam Nelly 23, Zamato, Skilleroni, Skilleroni, Angelo Leonardo, and Lugnut. Sometimes when I try to do these shout outs, it's like I'm running down a hill and my body's moving faster than my legs can when I'm trying to say the names. And I know it's a matter of time before I trip and fuck it all up. And holy fuck, I rolled down the last third of that hill. Either way, thank you all so much for the support. If I mispronounced your name, where it is a badge of honor. I appreciate you all, and I will talk to you on the next one. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. <laughs>